1: Good morning and welcome everyone to Live Dharma Sunday for October 7th, 2018. Koyo Kubose here. So very, very glad you joined us. Well, today's Dharma Glimpse, I'm going to introduce the guest to give a Dharma Glimpse later, but uh, he's doing it live, And but he did provide a, a hard copy so I know what he's going to talk about, (laughs) pets, his dogs, (laughs) and uh, two dogs. Uh, And I could really relate to what he said. And to be able to, you know, sit down and put something into words, I think it really, you know, that that, that writing process as you know, like journaling or whatever, and and, uh, it's in us, and yet to rise it up, from our subconscious, so to speak, um, can really clarify and, you know, crystallize things for us. And it's a very good spiritual practice, I think, to, you know, it's based on self-introspection, essentially, which is the MO for a Buddhist, you know? We don't have to look, well, we look inwards and we can see everything. It includes the outside things, too, that are reflected by us on the inside, so kind of reminding of this whole process. And, um, but I was also this morning thinking about the horsefly Buddha, because this is a handout of a story, teaching story that, uh, I've been using for quite a few years now. And I use it in our practicum, uh, um, where, um, people couldn't read this story of the horsefly Buddha and uh, see a horsefly Buddha in their own, operating in their own lives. Okay. And the horsefly Buddha uh, is uh, <laughs> like, it could be any kind of fly. <laughs> and you see it's so common. The fly is in the house trying to get out and he keeps hitting his head against the, the window or the window screen. And uh, so it symbolizes stubbornness, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and the horsefly Buddha reminds us of our own stubbornness when we we want freedom, you know. And it's all around us. I mean, maybe the doors and other windows are open, but wherever he, he happens to see, bang, 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 he's hitting his head. And then I even have a, mood, a hand gesture, a mudra-like, where I take my right index finger and i hit it against my left palm of my left hand and boom 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 to signify that this is the horsefly hitting his head you know stubbornly saying hey hey who put this obstacle here you know and uh there could be a lot of teachings there Uh, and when i said the word freedom you know i have all these associations that I, that were currently triggered off in some fashion in my mind, and I was writing about freedom, and I was rereading somebody's uh, uh, written report for our lay program. It was a few years ago, and and when they were dealing with uh, my father's book, Everyday Suchness, there's a chapter on freedom in there, and just uh, one person wrote, he said when I was reading about this, he said he envisioned me dressed like Mel Gibson in Braveheart, yelling freedom. And so I went online and Googled William Wallace, who was who Mel Gibson played in Braveheart. And he was a Scottish knight that, that fought for uh Scottish independence in the 13th century. And, uh, But as I thought about it, uh, (laughs) William Wallace lived a real Buddhist life. Man, he was one with his life's purpose. Wholeheartedly, you know. Uh, uh, That kind of a life's purpose that, you know. Anyway, (laughs) if you haven't seen the movie, (laughs) <laughs> Maybe it might be nice. So I'm going to turn over to William Toyo, who lives in uh, Southern California, and uh, he's going to tell us about his pets. Okay. William Toyo.
0: Good morning. It's great to be with you today. Um, I named the, my Dharma Glimpse, or gave it a title of Growing Old Together with Two. Catan. And I wrote about cat relations in Buddha nature a while back, and I thought I'd revisit it. Marsha and I have two Catan de Touillers. They're small white dogs. They're a breed from Madagascar. There's an old folklore that states that they were companionships on um, pirate ships, companions on pirate ships. So now. I find myself growing old with my dogs. In dog years, we are only about nine years apart. I'm 73, and they are 12 years old each. Bijou, the smaller one, like me, is losing his hearing, it seems, or is just ignoring me at times. Dogs are all about senses and Buddha nature. I was also thinking um, this morning that from what we get in the teaching from our pet, It might be a good idea that when you come home and meet them after they've been home, you've been away to gossip them, you know, or when you're giving them a treat, just uh, to recognize uh, and be grateful for what they're sharing with you. Our pets uh, teach us to live simply, love generously, and care deeply. That's the Buddhist way, is it not? Embracing the idea of living like your pets can open up your world, help you savor every moment, and enjoy every day. Having a pet, I believe, is a form of meditation. The National Institute of Health found that a pet is good for your heart. High levels of cholesterol and triglycerides can up your risk of heart disease. But owning a cat or a dog can lower both. Stroking your cat or dog can lower your blood pressure and make you calmer. Playing with your pet increases the level of feel-good chemicals, serotonin and dopamine, in your brain. These are all the same results found when we practice meditation. I also found that 70% of all consumers have at least one pet. I think it's broken down as 50% owning dogs and 39% cats. And also half of all dogs sleep in the same bed as a family member. I mentioned cats because last time I gave a talk about our animals, I I received a few emails reminding me that I did not include cats. The three most important lessons that I've learned from my two catans, my two dogs, it's probably forgiveness, compassion, and awareness. We all should pay a lot more attention to our pets and learn from their well-being. We all know the infamous and most debated koan, does a dog have Buddha nature or not? The answer being "Mu," literally meaning that dogs do not have Buddha nature. There's three different uh, stories about this. Uh, and all vary a little bit. Basically, Moo has been interpreted to mean that such categorical thinking is delusion. And yes and no are both right and wrong. Well, let me be the first to confirm, without a doubt, that dogs, along with every other living creature, have Buddha nature. And this is why I say this. Dogs are the most advanced being on the planet. They are fully self-realized. They possess unconditional love. They forgive instantly. They are empathetic and sympathetic. They are incapable of gall or dishonesty. They are always in the moment, not caring the past or fretting about the future. Everything is always new and wonderful. Every place is always the best place to be. A Dog's Purpose is a book written by Bruce Cameron also made in a movie, and is just loaded with dharma. I just revisited it not too long ago. It's about a devoted dog that discovers the meaning of its own existence through the lives of the humans it teaches to laugh and love. Reincarnated as multiple canines over the course of five decades, the lovable pooch delivers an unbreakable bond with a kindred spirit named Ethan. As the boy grows older and comes to a crossroad, the dog once again comes back into his life to remind him of his true self. So thinking about this book started me thinking about revisiting and sharing my experience and gifts that Marsh and I received from our two dogs. The message from this Dharma event most likely will register when you hang up the phone or log out and look down only only see your dog staring into your eyes, or that egotistical suddenly jumps up into your lap. In all things, be a master of what you do, and say and think. Listen to your animals, be free, quietening your body, quieting your mind. By your own efforts, awaken your senses, make them your own. They will always sustain you. Watch yourself and live joyfully. Do dogs have Buddha nature? Dogs are Buddha nature. If you want to learn from a great spiritual master, get a dog. They're the real Zen masters. Thank you very much and have a beautiful day. Thank you. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Indeed, indeed. You know... As I said, listen, I was thinking about my dogs, and, uh, we have a yellow lab, Easy. He's about 11, I guess, 10 or 11, and then we have a, a golden retriever, Raku. He's about three years younger, and, uh. Easy was born just before we left the Midwest and moved to California at the, and started a Brighton Center in course code so she so he made the trip as a puppy in the cross country trip very good traveler and uh well, let's see, we must have had him for about six years or so, and then I had been thinking about. Getting another dog just privately, and uh uh there's the idea that for dogs you know they're 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 uh, social animals uh the pack is their natural group setting, and uh, uh so I was thinking, you know gee, maybe they might have nice company for each other. We have two dogs. <clears throat> I don't know. I I don't know. Maybe it's my style, but I didn't talk to Adrian about this at all. And, uh, but I was thinking about it. And you see, yellow Labradors and are number one in popularity, okay, uh, in society or in North America or whatever. They're, the statistics, okay, they're the most popular. And then Goldens are the second, you know, because they're bred to be friendly, okay, and sociable, and they make good pets, okay. And uh, I remember <clears throat> I used to go to the dog beach in Evanston, talk to other dog owners, and some had Goldens. They said, "Yeah, you should get a Golden," you know. <clears throat> so all these things were in the back of my mind about uh, seven years ago or so. And, we just had the one dog, Easy, and I was looking at, just happened to be uh, surfing on Craigslist, and right in our neighborhood, we live in Coruscode, which is about half an hour north in the foothills, half an hour north of Fresno in Central California, and, and uh, so there's a kind of a rural uh, surroundings for us, and uh, there's somebody who was uh, advertising her, her golden puppies. She had about six, seven puppies right down the road from us, like five minutes away. I, s- I said, oh, <laughs> well, there, there you go, and maybe this is a sign. And so I thought, uh, maybe we'll go take a look. And I knew in my I knew we were going to get one, but I didn't say a thing. <laughs> I don't know if Adrian likes me telling this story, but <clears throat> and she said, so I said, hey, right here in Coruscant, there's some pu- uh, golden puppies, and yeah, should go take a look? And she says, yeah, that sounds like fun. It's just for looking, right? And I said, yeah. You know, inside I'm just kind of talking to myself, uh, and uh, so we go, and we see the puppies, and they're all running around, and uh, shame on me, but I teased Adrian, and after a while I said, "Okay, let's go," and she stuck her lower lip out, and I said, "Oh." you want to get one? And as usual, you know, the dogs pick where they, who they want to go with. And one of them had, which turned out to be easy, gave her the eye. And when that dog looks you in the eye, <laughs> so that's the rest is history, as they say. Um, I read an article that said, uh, you know, when dogs got domesticated over the years, looking at the eyes, um, they have that uh, habitual behavior because if the owner, the human owner, uh, doesn't make eye contact, they know, you know, they're not being paid attention to. If they could see that you look at them, okay. And also some dogs, if you're a stranger and you look at them, they take that stare as a as a threat, <laughs> you know. Uh, you're not supposed to look at a strange dog, stare at a strange dog. Okay, if he might be, <clears throat> he might get excited. He says, hey, you trying to challenge me? Okay. But for your own <clears throat> domesticated pets, you know, learning to look each other in the eye has a lot of, uh, well, adaptive... Significance and so forth, and uh, I talked to my pets. We had the two the two dogs, uh, and we had been empty nesters for many years, and we had no grandchildren. So I always used to joke that we had two two furry grandchildren, and for a long time. And <clears throat> but having just the two of us, Adrian and I, and then the two dogs, we got very close to the dogs. And um, uh, I always would be talking to them. And I remember a Dharma colleague many years ago, he gave a whole talk on, hey, talk to yourself. And he was elaborating on on this as a spiritual practice. Talk to yourself. you know, In, in, in a kind of humorous way, but okay the value of talking to yourself. We start to express things and things you were not really fully aware of might come up and you could understand yourself, life better, etc. And, um, I often <clears throat> talk to my dog. Uh, you get into habits of course, and daily habits. If I'm, when I lie down on the, sofa in the living room Raku always comes up to me and wants to get petted he's a very tactile guy and so I I pet him and <clears throat> since they get to run around our property you know <clears throat> it's not like a, having a, just a small fence yard or we don't have to take our dogs to the park to get a run nice run in we just open the door, okay? We're so lucky, and uh, and I feel very lucky to have the dogs, and they're lucky to have a nice home. So sometimes my talking is about <laughs> a gratitude, I guess. I say, "Hey, man, you a lucky, lucky boy." I don't know how I how I started to say "boy," but you know, maybe that's a southern thing. B-E-A-U, maybe, I guess. We had a dog named Bo, uh, B-O, <laughs> not Body Odor, no. It was short for Bodhi, you know, because he was born on Bodhi Day, December 8th, and, and uh, <clears> that was my childhood dog, Bo. But anyway, I said, hey, Rakubo, uh, maybe it's sort of short for boy, too, maybe, I don't know, but it's a, you know, endearment, term of endearment, and Say, you're lucky. You're lucky, lucky dog. Okay, because he has a good home. And then I think that I'm lucky to have you in my life. So I said, hey, I'm lucky too. Then I, <laughs> then I go through this routine. I said, say, you and me, hey, we're both lucky. Nothing but lucky, lucky boys in this house. Whoa, and then, you know, I'd be petting them and everything. And uh, I said, well, how are you doing? How are you doing? How's Raku doing? And that phrase, my brother used to say it to his dog all the time, his pets. And he'd say,
0: hey, how are you doing?
1: When he's talking to them. And I really associate that that dialogue with my brother. So, you know, he's he's. Been gone for about three years now, but every time I say "Hey," to my dog, "How are you doing?" You know, I think of my brother, and I say, "Oh, you doing okay? okay?" And I talk to, and in a way, I'm I'm talking to myself. How am I doing? Huh? <laughs> hey, I'm doing okay. Yeah, that's nice. And tactileness of petting. You know, uh, yeah, we do get those brain chemicals, uh, serotonin and um, do, you know, dopamine or whatever, uh, feel good uh, biochemistry. And even though we're stroking the dog, I think we're we're receiving that benefit too, as was mentioned. And uh, it, it's so nice. And they don't miss a thing. They know what's going on in their house. And they're always ready, okay? It's sort of like if you tell a, a young child, hey, you want to do this just for the fun, just for the heck of it? You want to, you know, just... Only a young kid says, okay. Okay. After you get a little bit older, you say, oh, do I want to do that or not? Or you evaluate it? Or you, you say, I got more important things to do and all this stuff. But dogs... They're always ready. Did you want to go for a walk? Boom. You know? Uh, And every day, it's like they, 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 that's your long lost relative. Every day, it's it's like, hey, man. You know? It's so fresh. New day. Hey. I'd like to see you. And I go take the dogs to get the morning paper. Every morning, walk out. It's about maybe a three hundred uh, drive, three hundred foot driveway, um, gravel driveway, and so it's a nice, nice walk. And and that's, we do that every morning. And I walk down to the head of the driveway, get the newspaper, okay, and then walk back, and feed the dogs, you know, and we start our day. Um, but uh, <clears throat> this. Dharma Glimpse today really uh, was comfortable, reminded me, you know, of uh, my dog pets. Thank you. Well, that's all for today's broadcast. Till next time, keep going,
0: and you have a very beautiful day. Thank you.